Hello, this is Chris. Uh, if you've listened to my previous episodes, then um, welcome back, and uh, I really hope uh, you've enjoyed them. Uh, you will also know in that case that in this series, uh, I'm sharing uh, my personal insights uh, into uh, techniques uh, that have helped me as a consultant uh, and in turn might help you. This session uh, will be on being in rapport. So why is this a critical consulting skill and perhaps uh, underestimated, uh, undervalued and, and insufficiently uh, used as a focus of your time and energy? So I want to talk about how to be more effective in establishing rapport uh, in building and deepening client and team relationships. So what are we talking about? Uh, you know, some people think that uh, rapport is that little bit of chit-chat you do at the front of a meeting uh, before getting into the work. And, and then sometimes people will say to me, you know, Chris, you say it's important, but really my, my clients don't like this and they want to get straight down to work. And I, I really think that that's a misunderstanding and, and it's a thinking trap. So let's just start with a definition, uh, a good definition of rapport that I like uh, I quote, a close and harmonious relationship where the people and groups understand each other's feelings and ideas and communicate well. Close quote. So just think about that, understanding each other, people and groups, feelings and ideas, communicating well. So perhaps now we can kind of immediately see the value of, of being in rapport um, in, in any team and in any client context. Uh, by the way, in our uh, seven C's of consulting model, uh, we're still in client context. So let's think about the client context and perhaps see the development of the client relationship as, as peeling an onion, uh, working through uh, one layer at a time. What do I mean by that? Well, Robin Dunbar, very interesting character, uh, Oxford professor of, of anthropology, he proposed a model of relationship in which some maximum numbers apply to, to any individual, you know, as follows. He proposes maximum five in our innermost support clique, uh, a maximum of 15, so another 10 people in what he calls a sympathy group then expanding to an affinity group, uh, a number of 150, often called Dunbar's numbers, describing the, you know, the maximum number of friends we can have. There's some outer circles, uh, an active network, 500 people, and a total network uh, of any individual, uh, 1,500. So outside of, those, you know, of that 1,500, you're simply not recognized and known. I use this metaphor almost all the time here of, of the doctor and the waiter to describe the expert advisor relationship. So where, where's the waiter in that? Well, probably outside, um, not recognized. You probably don't remember the name of the waiter that looked after you um, last week. 
By comparison, uh, where's the doctor? Where's the expert advisor? I would say definitely known. You, you know and recall your doctor's name, possibly networked. You have multiple, um, multiple occasions for contact with your doctor. There's a genuine relationship. Some people even put their doctors and dentists in their affinity group, sometimes described as the Christmas card list. And I know some people who do send Christmas cards um, to their doctors. So as a consultant, not a doctor, but as a consultant, where might we want to get to? And I think it's to a similar position. So my argument here is that the rapport and establishing rapport is actually the key to deepening these relationships, to peeling the onion. So think about that first encounter. We will always start outside and unrecognized, and, and to move closer towards the center, we have to overcome barriers. If these are maximum numbers, there's the idea that if, if one person comes into a group, you're displacing other people uh, that are in it if the individual is at the maximum. But whatever the case, you know, we need to build recognition, get into network, and you know, establish connection and affinity um, often in consultancy, we talk about a partnership relationship. If you're with me so far, then you might be interested to know more, um, perhaps of my thinking and my ideas and experience on, on how to establish good rapport. Um, I'll be proposing shortly some, some things about mindset uh, and then a number of things about technique. So two foundational techniques, um, two uh, more developed skills, uh, and then one very deep method that uh, you could try to master. I'm going to start with mindset because it's mindset that uh, drives behavior. Consider that in any one-to-one -one conversation between two people, there are actually three conversations in play. So firstly, clearly, there's the two-way dialogue that's occurring. But in addition, there are two internal dialogues that each of the participants is having. So an internal dialogue about whether they like or dislike the message, about whether they, dis they like or dislike the other person and their intention, and also thinking about how they're going to respond to the signals being sent. So in this case, consider the rapport is about how you manage your own internal dialogue in such a way as to change the actual conversation and consequently impact and modify the internal dialogue that the other person is having that uh, will be invisible to you. So the mindset to think about that will start to make this difference, and um, think about these things. Think about a genuine desire to build a relationship, and that means making frequent contact. The more contact you achieve, the more the relationship and the rapport will grow. Additionally, curiosity and care. Curiosity in the other person as a person with care about them as an individual. Going further, your commitment 
that you have to help them achieve their goal and a desire to contribute to their success. So if you can adopt this mindset and and genuinely feel these things in the conversation, you will be signaling that and sending those signals out. The way rapport works is when these signals are sent out, you receive encouraging signals in return, and that builds a virtuous circle. In fact, the French root of the word rapport is all about um, two-way messaging and getting a signal back. Let's move on from mindset to um, the two foundational uh, techniques uh, that I promised. So the first of those is, is empathy mapping. So this is a preparation technique. In advance of the meeting, as a minimum, take some time to, to jot down for the other person standing in their shoes, your understanding of their goals from the meeting, their needs from the meeting, and their knowledge and attitudes towards you. So that's a, a minimum empathy map. Um, there is a much more expanded version, which um, I suggest if you're interested, you research on the web. But that has you map out for the other person standing in their shoes, what they hear, what they feel, what they see, what they say and do, uh, and also the pain and the gain that they're experiencing in the situation. This is uh, an amazing technique. Even just the minimum goals, needs, and attitudes uh, can make a, a, a huge difference to how you approach the meeting. And if you don't know any of those things, it gives you some perhaps some good questions to ask and explore early on. Which brings me to the second technique, and you can prepare this and then practically use it uh, in your conversation. So this technique is known as five questions and the concept is that you you use early in the conversation five open low risk easy to answer questions and uh, and if you need to then prepare them these would be things like in the uk we always ask about the weather or discuss that or or the traffic or in india we might talk about the cricket uh, in general you could ask a, a about how, how the business is performing or anything topical there. You can also, of course, ask, you know, how are you and, and, and how are things? One question I, I really like in this category when you have, uh, when you're seeing somebody uh, for a second or a third time in a subsequent meeting, you can just ask, well, you know, what's changed with you since the last time we spoke? Moving on to the two more advanced skills, uh, these, these both involve uh, what is known as mirroring and matching. So these are skills that you use in, in real time in the conversation. So at one level, mirroring and matching is about adjusting your body language, eye contact and gestures to um, resemble the other person. So bear in mind, you know, people in general like looking in mirrors. At another level, it's also about adapting your pace rhythm uh, and and speech towards the other person. More advanced technique is around matching language here. So are people primarily, if you like, visual or, or factual in the language they're using? So it involves really active listening and adaptation. 
Which brings me to the second of the mirroring and matching techniques. And, and this is a matching of what is known as social styles. So you can research on the web a model known as Wilson's uh, four types of social styles. That model describes people um, who could be either drivers, so very direct, concise, action-oriented, expressive, Expressives tend to, to, to share uh, a lot and to talk a lot in a very positive and optimistic way. There's a, a social type will will be a little quieter, more questioning, more um, uh, more focused on on people and empathy, and then a, an analytical type, which is quite reserved, quite formal, um, quite data driven. So using that model, you know, that, in, that encourages you to think about what is your core style, but what is the other person's core style? And, and when these styles are mismatched, although you might see yourself in a very positive way, the other person just might not get that in their experience of you. What you take away from that to, in order to match and mirror is that you modify your style towards theirs. So if they're being very concise and action-oriented, so, so are you, uh, and so on and so forth. If they're analytical, you need to be patient, reserved, formal, uh, don't interrupt. So um, a, a more advanced technique and uh, one to you know, research that tool and uh, see if you can apply it. The final method I would like to share here is uh, known as the conversation for the background of relatedness. So this is the, the most advanced uh, and the deepest technique. It is a conversation that you, you stage to create genuine relationship and connection at a point which reciprocal action can occur. So you will do things for each other in, um, in partnership um, because you are contributing towards joint goals. So the essence of the conversation is to allow each person, and this can also occur in a team, to allow each person to talk about why they are personally committed to the joint goal. So how they see that goal, why they are personally committed to achieving it. Then moving on for them to say well, what success uh, means for them. So at a personal level, you know, why are they engaged and what is their motivation? Building on that, have each individual talk about what contribution they want to make towards that success and also what contribution they expect from others. So um, fairly formal technique, but when it works um, and when you use this in a team that is having to work closely together or a partnership where you're having to work closely together to achieve challenging and transformational goals, and this is really essential to uh, establish that, um, that core of relationship and teamwork. To wrap up this session now, I'd just like to say I hope you found it interesting and I hope it's inspired you to spend more time with your clients and stakeholders and team members one-to-one -one, and more of that time uh, focusing on building rapport and deepening the relationship. Uh, till next time, 
This is Chris. Goodbye.